Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we'll talk about some recently watched, which we will try not to spoil. Uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on Apple Music and Amazon, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon-Rays. And we are not professional critics. We're just your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolien. Hello. And Will. Good morning. So, uh, since last time, um, recently watched, anyone want to start it off? Will, do you watch anything since last time? No. <laughs> I kind of got that indication earlier, so this might this might be a quicker lead in. <laughs> yeah, I may have used them all up on the last episode, yeah. which we filmed la- or recorded last week. Yes, exactly. Definitely well, last the, week. The filmed versions for patrons. Yeah. It's only $500,000 to sign up. Well, you know, I wish I, I wish I had the bandwidth mentally, emotionally to do extra, but, uh, watching the movies and getting into it with, you know, talking about them with you guys, that's the important work. Here. Yeah. It's the extensive research I do, <laughs> uh, looking up the title, maybe watching it. <laughs> Um, Will Will doesn't have any recently watched is the uh, headline that everyone should be getting. Uh, I was really trying to think of something I cannot remember. I know I saw something, but I can't remember. I didn't write anything down. So moving on. Okay. Jolien. Uh, All right. I've watched um, Spell, which is an American TV horror movie from 1977. Sounds good. Yes. Um, This one has a reputation as being dull, but I, I started watching this at three in the morning. I thought it was, I enjoyed it. Uh, this is directed by Lee Phillips. Um, this was an NBC TV movie starring Lee Grant from Peyton Place and Valley of the Dolls and Shampoo. <coughs> and uh, Lee Phillips was also involved in Peyton Place. He was one of the actors. Um, anyway, uh, and uh, another star is James Olsen, who I know from the Andromeda strain. And uh, anyway... Um, so this couple has uh, two daughters. One is a 13-year-old named Chris, who's played by Helen Hunt. Really? Yes. I think I've seen this. Yeah. And then uh, they've got a 15-year-old named Rita, who's played by Susan Myers. Hmm. And Rita is picked on at school because uh, she's not slim. Okay. And uh, uh, anyway... Um, yeah, it's interesting that Rita isn't played sympathetically. She's pretty horrible all the way through. Hmm. <laughs> she's not like, oh, poor me. She's like, 
which is pretty wicked. Um, <laughs> and uh, I like the theme of, um, you know, the, the parents are kind of appalled by her, but they're trying to love her, but they don't. <laughs> mm. I thought, oh, this is kind of bold for a TV movie in the 70s. Like, what if you don't love someone you're supposed to? Um, anyway, she has she has occult powers. And there's a, a twist ending that makes nonsense of the previous scenes, <laughs> which is always good. Hmm. Uh, and there's a there's a pretty darn good uh, scene of spontaneous human combustion. Oh, good. excellent! Good. I believe I've seen this. It sounds it familiar. sounds very familiar. <clears throat> um, I have to watch it again. What was the name of it again? Spell. 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 Do you need me to spell that? Uh, yes. <laughs> Let's see. Oh yeah. I think I watched this last year. Yeah. Because Helen Hunt. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Helen yep. Hunt. Yeah, we were talking about made-for-TV movies, I think. I yeah. think that was an episode okay. we did. This this one came up. watched that. Yeah. Yeah, Helen Hunt um, was in, she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show, apparently, before that. She was in an after-school special about PCP, and she tried to fly off the school at the end. You know, they really tried to make us believe that shit would happen. Uh-huh. Or as they called it, angel dust. Angel dust. Yeah. That was in that, that Spider-Man comic as well, isn't it? Yes. The, the anti-drug one, they had the guy up on the roof. Yeah. yeah, that was always happening in the 70s. Yeah. You try to fly. Or you think you're an orange and you try and peel yourself. Yeah, Nobody ever spiders, saw Spiders, spiders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a friend who was living in San Francisco, and he said they were walking home once uh, through a pretty rough neighborhood, and there was a big apartment building at the end of the street, and they noticed all these people gathered around. They were like, what's going on? And they walked up. There was a guy on the roof with big, giant plywood wings, and he was going to jump, and oh, they no. waited and waited and waited, and he wouldn't do anything so they were like well let's go home <laughs> i don't oh, know if no. he ever jumped or anything but was it, was it you telling me about someone was telling me about uh in seattle there was a guy who climbed up on something and all the traffic was stalled and people were yelling at him to jump so that they could get, get to home. work <laughs> no that wasn't me but uh that does sound like something that could happen in any big city here i Ugh. remember there was a guy down the street at denver health that was up on the roof once when we were working at the uh, art supply store. Yeah. Wow. I think he was okay. That's a high enough building to... Well, there's a guy who jumped off one of the blocks downtown and the wind blew him back in the window. Ooh. <laughs> one of the offices. Wow. Imagine if you were in that office. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> came just flying in under your desk. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a Superman joke I'll tell you guys later. <laughs> Anyway, what right. else? <laughs> uh, I watched a couple of late 70s female vampire movies. Uh, Lady Dracula from 1977. This is a West German film. It's actually shot in 1975. Um, this stars Evelyn Kraft, who's uh, better known for starring in Marty Peking Man. And she plays Countess Barbara von Weidenbaum. Um, <laughs> so she gets dug up in this work site in modern day <clears throat> Germany and runs rampant uh, i don't remember much about that one at all <laughs> was it as good as a good one, just franco's lady wolf man 
<laughs> Just Franco's Lady Wolfman. And then I, I watched uh, Nocturna from 1979, uh, directed by Harry Herwick. Um, this is a Nibonet vehicle. Um, she was a Vietnamese belly dancer and uh, uh, who wanted to get into movies. Oh. Um, but anyway, she plays Nocturna, the granddaughter of Dracula. Dracula is played by Count uh, is uh, John Carradine. Oh, hmm. wearing his House of Dracula outfit, and uh, his. How long had he been dead at this point? <laughs> <laughs> this was his last time as Dracula, apparently. Oh, alive anyway. Um, and then uh, his his mistress is uh, Yvonne De Carlo. Oh, and her character's name is Jagulia Vane. Hmm. Huh. This should clue you in to the level of humor in this movie. Mm-hmm. Sophisticated. Uh, Brother Theodore plays Theodore, who is apparently a werewolf, although he never changes. Okay. Too expensive. He's kind of a complete waste of time in being a werewolf. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, they, uh, Dracula's castle has been turned into a hotel because they need the money. And But um, Nocturna gives it all up so that she can go to New York City and be with her boyfriend, Jimmy who's this uh, disco dancer. Mm. So there's lots of star filters throughout, lots of disco, lots of nudity with disco and star filters. Hmm. Okay. So were you just trying to prove something? Like, that, yes, there were female vampire movies made after 1972? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they but weren't any good. You, you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you were just wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's no lesbianism in these. Right. It's, Darn. It's a failed it's a experiment. Ing- yeah. Ingredient. Yeah. Go back to 1971. Do not pass go. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you should just, you know, live your best lesbian vampire life is 1971. Yeah. Yeah. The world should have just stop at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. That's a, it. We're done. All the best Packing work. In. All the best work's been done. Stop it already. Um, I don't want to talk about recently watched before I mention a recently watched movie trailer. Um, uh, vampires and the what is what is that one called? Uh, the, it was a good trailer. It really put yeah, the title in yeah, mind. No, no, it was uh, it was the, the Glenn Danzig movie, uh, Death in the House of the Vampire, or... Death Rider in the House of the Vampires. Yeah, that one. Uh, there is a full trailer out now. Danny Trejo's in it. Yeah, I That's think he'll right. do anything. Well, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? But he's in it, so you got that. So uh, it looks like it's actually going to be a lot of fun watching this one. Okay. In a good way? <laughs> well. Or fun like the last one. Where you point and laugh? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's probably going to be more of a point and laugh kind of a movie, but I'll give it a shot. God, I hope Danzig hasn't improved. <laughs> if he suddenly pulls it out of the nosedive, I'm going to be so bummed. <laughs> Me too. There, there were people at art school that'd be like, I don't want to learn how to draw perspective or, you know, whatever technical thing, because they were afraid it would ruin their innate talent. Uh, I fear that about Glenn Danzig, that he will will have been taught some filmmaking technique and it will have ruined his innate talent. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's like the savant that just, you know, hammers away at things with crayons. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I like it better that way. Yeah, you know, I, I want his stuff to to be like Basquiat's paintings, except for they move. Yeah, 
exactly. Yeah. That's who I think of when I think of <laughs> Glenn Danzig. <laughs> Basquiat. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope one day Glenn Danzig's movies go for millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah. So he can budget the next one. A non-fungible token <laughs> billionaire. Now, I will talk about one that um, I think might have been more entertaining in the hands of Glenn Danzig. Uh, this movie is called Boo. Uh, it's a 2005 <laughs> American horror film by Anthony C. Ferrante. Um, and to be clear, this is not the Medea. Uh, what's boo. his name? Tyler Perry. Yeah. It's not the Tyler Perry's Medea's Boo. Uh, this is just Boo. And uh, this is about a group of college kids that go into a haunted hospital uh, for funsies to scare themselves. This is um, the guy who worked at Fangoria, right? I think I've seen this one. Uh, Let's see. He is uh, known for Sharknado, apparently, which he did like 10 years later. Hmm. Um, Oh, I'm not Something else. Yeah, Sharknado was 2013, and what did I say? Boo was 20 or 2005. So yeah, he went on to do great things um, with more people who uh, can't be troubled with learning how to act. Um, it's hard. Some of them are, you know, some of them are almost good enough for community theater, but uh, acting was terrible. Uh, plot was stupid. Um, what if they're supposed to be acting like they're terrible actors? Mm, that would be interesting. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Alan Howarth did some of the music for this, which was probably the most redeeming thing about the movie. Uh, I don't want to really go too far into this, except to say that uh, I picked something. I watched it. And I saw it through to the end. And, and it was no good. And I'm dumber for it. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, it's one of those things where they, they introduce you to the, the ghost slash monster. Was it Bagool? Might as well. Bagool? Bagool. Might as well have been a Bagool. <laughs> it was just Bagooling its way through the movie. You just get bored with it. There's no threat. There's no real fear of the ghoul, the bag, the Bagool. Bagool. <laughs> yeah, this is just crap. Don't watch it. Um, now we, we were watching, uh, Succession, the series, uh-huh. and uh, it's got Brian Cox. It's really amazing. And there's this guy in the cast, and um, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember his name, um, his character's name. But uh, I'm watching Big the, Tony. <laughs> uh, anyway, the actor's name is Jeremy Strong, and uh, he he's uh, Kendall Roy is his character's name in Succession. And I'm watching this guy and I'm thinking there is no way that this guy is going to get through his career without playing Lee Harvey Oswald. (laughs) He looks just like him. And so we're watching probably the third or fourth episode of Succession months ago. And I pull out my phone and I look this actor's name up and then I click on him and he was in Parkland playing Lee Lee Harvey Harvey Oswald. Oswald. Mm. And so I'm thinking, oh, I want to watch Parkland. It's not available anywhere without me paying lots of money for it, like six bucks which I'm not going to do for a movie that came out in uh, 2013. I'm just not going to pay six bucks for it. I'm going to wait till I, I can... don't pay for pre-COVID movies. Me? They're no damn good. <laughs> uh, so I just decided to search it on Tubi, and there it was. So I watched Parkland. Oh, excellent. I have not seen it. Uh, the drama that you experience 
in this movie. I mean, understandable. Okay. This is based on four days in November, the assassination of president John F. Kennedy. It's a mouthful of a title of the book by, um, Vincent Bugliosi. Bram Stoker's Den Glanzig's Medea's (laughs) Parkland. You said Den Glanzig. Oh, did I? I didn't think it sounded right. (laughs) He's post COVID. Yeah. I, th- I think we should trademark Den Glanzig. <laughs> Glanzig. Sounds terrible. It does. It's a new drug. <laughs> it causes swelling. Um, so this is, uh, this recounts the events around the assassination of President Kennedy. Uh, you do get some archival footage and some news footage, but for the most part, the reenactments are stunning and pretty heart-wrenching. I mean, to, to watch... The surgeons working on JFK, it's a lost cause. You damn well know it when you see him. Uh, I mean, if you watch the Zapruder film, you know it was not pretty what they were dealing with. Uh, and uh, what was really interesting, um, Colin Hanks was in this before a lot of people were familiar with Colin Hanks being uh, Tom Hanks' son. Looks just like a young Tom, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, but Paul Giamatti plays uh, Abraham Zapruder. Oh, really, really good cast. Billy, uh, Billy Bob Thornton shows up. Ron Livingston, who I love from office space. Uh, I just love seeing him in anything. Um, just great cast. Uh, you get, uh, you just get the story and you know where it's going and you know what's going to happen, but still it's a great drama. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, so that one. And then we watched a couple episodes of the brand new Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. Uh, this is, um, Dan Glanzig's <laughs> Anne Rice's. Yeah. Uh, this, this has, uh, uh, Jacob Anderson as Louis. And I'm like, why do I know this guy? I'm, I'm always doing this when I Louis watch Louis Anderson? Uh, no. Didn't he die recently? <laughs> He's in this? That's no, great. Jacob Anderson. He plays Lestat? Uh, Louis Dupont du Lac. Um, He's the John Carradine of his day. Ooh. This is the guy that played Grey Worm in uh, Game of Thrones. If I you watched watch Game oh, okay. of Thrones. He was a really cool character. I knew it wasn't going to end well. <laughs> no, I really liked the show until they added dragons. And that was just a step too far for me. I'm like, no. You're like, I can believe all this other crap. Yeah, I'm out. I came for the politics, right. the political intrigue, and the yep. backstabbing and all that. When you add dragons, I just, pff, no, I'm done. Yeah. Is, is the Game of Thrones where they play a tune and they run around a circle of thrones? And... Yep. For eight seasons. Okay. It, yeah. It's just a really, it's a lot of chairs. Yeah. You know, my biggest complaint with Game of Thrones is that too many characters. Yeah. Too many, I couldn't keep track of them. I'm like, oh, there's that guy I remember from some episodes ago. I don't remember what side he's on or what he does or who he is. But I'm going to watch him do stuff. <laughs> That's about where I got with Game of Thrones. <laughs> They were they were just like making it rain with flicking the new characters at you like every every I think episode. The books are like that, where yeah. people complain like I haven't heard from whoever my favorite is, Big Tony or whoever, Din. <laughs> yeah. uh, all these characters I just really fell in love with, and then you don't get them for like two or three books. Yeah, what the hell? That's not cool. Uh, so we've got uh, Sam Reed plays Lestat. Um, this, uh, Eric Bogosian plays, uh, 
the interviewer, Daniel, years after the events that you know from the movie slash the book. Uh, so he's an older man now in his maybe late 50s, early 60s, mid 60s. I don't know. Uh, at first, I'm thinking, is, is that Elliot Gould? But he's too young to be Elliot mm. Gould. Um, and then I started thinking, this guy could play Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> he just reminds me of of like an amalgamation of those two faces. But yeah, what was that one he did uh, talk radio where he's like a late night? Oh, uh, DJ in that one. I think it was an Oliver Stone movie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I can't think of what that was. But um, Big Tony and the Magic Radio. <laughs> yeah, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Uh, so far, this is a great show. I'm enjoying it a lot. They've, they've what this show or the show? You <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> no, was my question. Yeah, this episode of our show. Yes, no, not no. This. I'm not enjoying this at all. <laughs> no, this is terrible. This is terrible. Yeah, shut up, you two. I'm talking about JFK. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to be troubled with your JFK Bigfoots. was a vampire. That's all I got out of that. I don't want to be troubled with your Bigfoots. I'm talking about JFK and UFOs. <laughs> I can only talk about two of those subjects at once. <laughs> I think Tubi had a. Uh, I think it was Tubi had a category of Bigfoot movies. <laughs> yeah. A, like sub-genre? Yeah. Like, you could just scroll through. All Bigfoots all the all time? All Bigfoots. Mm-hmm. Man. So that means 99% crap movies? You might find one good one? That's never happened. <laughs> We're talking There's, Bigfoot well, movies here. There are no, no <laughs> good Bigfoot movies. <laughs> the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot? Do you remember that one? I'd classify that more as a Hitler killing film than a Bigfoot <laughs> movie. Okay. No, I've not seen that one. Oh, it's good. I like the title. It's a good movie. I liked uh, Willow Creek. Willow Creek was fun. I liked it. Uh, Night of the Demon. Okay. Shriek of the Mutilated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the original Bigfoot movie with John Carradine and Joy Lansing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kung Fu Bigfoot with David Carradine. Ooh. <laughs> that would have been a good movie. Wow. Wow, that'd be quite a kick. Yeah. He was up for a part in Don't Breathe. Bigfoot. Really? John Carradine. David, David oh. Carradine. <laughs> yeah, and, and I went there. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the 19... <laughs> yes. 1997. <laughs> the 1997 film Men. Now the... 2022 2022 brand new spanking movie <laughs> men this is a uh we're gonna blame this one on the british <laughs> this is a british folk horror uh, according to wikipedia mm. eh, could you call it folk horror because it yeah. takes place in the countryside it takes place in a village so what there's some folky stuff in it i would have classified it as folk horror if there was some when i watched it it was like this is, i need to tell eugenia about this she loves folk horror yeah um, this was written and directed by Alex Garland, um, who, uh, he, uh, wrote The Beach. Uh-huh. Ex Machina. Uh-huh. Annihilation. Yeah. Big he... Tony and the Magic Radio. <laughs> um, yeah, the, well, he wrote The Beach, but he directed, um, those other ones, right? He wrote them as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Um. Yeah, he was a author for, I he probably still is, but yeah, just ventured into film. Yeah, so he writes scripts instead of books. Yeah, that's cool because he wrote this and directed it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, auteurs. Uh, 
what uh, this movie starts out that we meet this main character Harper and um, what we're getting from it is that her husband committed suicide and she needs to get away. So she books a place in the country. So what we're learning is rentals of any sort are bad. Are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've had good experiences at Airbnbs. Oh yeah. But, um, but the times I've been chased by a mass killer or a cell way out, (laughs) (laughs) outweigh the, uh, the good times. Yeah. Uh, this woman shows up in this little village called Kotzen and she seems like, okay, I'm going to cool my heels here and just try and collect myself and, and get through some grieving. Uh, the, before the suicide, things weren't ending well. It was an abusive relationship as we find out later in the movie. So we're, we're rooting for this character. We want her to be okay, but we know Next. that's not going to be the case based on the name of the movie and the fact that she showed up by herself in the countryside. We know it's not going to be okay. Uh, so she tries to start out okay, but then, um, immediately she meets the, the guy who owns the place. Caretaker. Yeah. Caretaker slash owner. Um, and this weird vibe about him. Yeah. He's the, like, I'm being chivalrous, but he's actually being pushy and pushy, creepy, weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, chivalry is a complicated subject. Yeah. It, it's being male is a complicated subject, but, uh, this movie, uh, we don't like the first man that we see. Well, we, the first time we see the husband, he's just falling. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, we find out later that we don't like him either, but, uh, the first man we meet who has dialogue, uh, other than, ah, um, we don't like him or maybe you guys did, but I didn't like him. <laughs> no, he's, he's, you get the feeling he's a little creepy. Yeah. You know, I'd yeah. be checking the place for cameras. Mm-hmm. Right? You'd be looking for pinhole cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not cool. And then uh, we, we, we go on to just her trying to enjoy herself the next day. He tells her a little bit about the property, a little bit about the house. He, he's the sort you'd call an upper class twit. In, oh, okay. In Britain. Okay, yeah. yeah. His, his family tree is not got a lot of it's a stick yeah yeah okay <laughs> you can just say it <laughs> no branches yeah right uh are, are this sort of uh this this class of people are they typically educated or just sort they, of they'd be sent to a public school okay so he he would he would uh he would but there was only so much you could teach them okay <laughs> yeah so he's, he's probably well versed in cricket and buggery and <laughs> not much else so he 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 can maybe put on airs and act kind of proper but for the most part he's just a jerk yeah and not yeah. And not very smart no okay he doesn't need to be smart no there's property wealth from generations of mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. in that village okay yeah. okay I kind of picked up some of that um so we meet him we don't like him much he he appears to kind of go away and um and our main character Harper goes for a nice walk. Uh Yeah, I must say if you are going to be killed, you couldn't have picked a better place. It's very yeah. Cotswolds is beautiful, beautiful mm. uh scenery in this movie. Yeah. Cinematography was they really uh turn up the intensity of the colors. Yeah. <laughs> and they were holding back on that. 
Yeah. Um, he it looks like she's on acid. Yeah. The, uh, the cinematographer also worked on Ex Machina. Yeah. So it seems like, you know, some of these and Annihilation as well. It seems like if, if these guys have worked together before, you know, they're just like, hey, let's do that thing again and, you know, one up it. Yeah. Maybe make it even better. Um, were you getting creepy vibes right off the get when she's going for her walk? Or are you thinking, ah, they're going to slow burn this one? Yeah, I figured something was going to happen. Something spooky. Did you did you regard the um, train tunnel echoing as spooky at all? Uh, the echo. Well, it wasn't till she heard a scream and then saw something following her, <laughs> and then you're like, "Get the fuck out of the tunnel, run!" Yeah, Julian, did you uh, uh, get, the, get the creepies early so she on? She goes in the tunnel. I, I saw this ages ago. Goes in the tunnel and she starts singing, and because she's got the echo. She can work with her own voice, yeah, which she I thought can. was saying something about her finding her own, like, being able to express herself again. Yeah, she's harmonizing. And after being repressed by this marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, uh, and then that, at that point you realize there's a figure down the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really know, is it the guy? Is it a duplicate of herself? It just. Yeah, it's way off in the distance. Yeah, it's, it's, you can't tell. Now, did did either one of you like Annihilation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked Annihilation. It gave me the icky feels. Yes. Yeah, you know, which I know it's supposed to. Uh, I saw it once. I don't feel like I ever want to watch it again. I really loved um, Ex Machina. Yeah, that, Ex Machina the, was great too. Yeah, that's a favorite. Uh, I've watched it two or three times already. I'll watch it again. But yeah, something about Annihilation, like ew. that bear. All the gross, deformed, rotting animals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've only watched that once. Yeah, I think you only need once with that one. But um, kind of knowing that that's, you know, part of their body of work, it seems like, oh, they could do anything. Mm-hmm. And maybe will. Yeah, you could be in Lovecraft country here. Right. You don't know. Like, they're they going to just start pulling out all kinds of cool, weird tricks and mm-hmm. icky stuff that makes your stomach turn. It was mostly just men are creepy. So as a gender, do we deserve the bad rap that we get? <laughs> what? what? Oh, just, I... just looking at the history of men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, does your average guy have that much awfulness to give? Average guy? Well, I think that's the thing. Is This is just a self-repeating awfulness yeah Yeah, handed down yeah the cycle of awfulness and i do it's sort of inescapable that's how you're expected to behave by other men Mm -hmm. yeah and if you don't then you're kind of an outlier like you're the weirdo Mm -hmm. if you won't do the creepy weirdo thing then you're the weirdo um has the rap been bad enough maybe not (laughs) But, uh, but there are. I mean, you have to say we've covered a lot of it up with our own PR. You know, we're in charge. We're not going to talk about all our bad stuff. We've got a great PR team. Yeah, as a gender, don't Mm -hmm. we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're great. But only because we've held everybody else out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we see. I think the first character we see that isn't the owner slash caretaker, the um, the upper class twit. Uh. 
is the weird naked man mm-hmm. sort of in the distance in the ruined building. Uh, so Harper holds up her phone to take a picture and I think we don't see him, but when we see her screen, we do see him. Yeah, we know he's out in the garden, but she doesn't for quite a while. Right. Yeah. But we first see him on, at that on, abandoned on, house. on her walk. Yeah. Right. And she's like, I said it the exact same time. I was like, fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you don't, I think you don't see him in the actual scene, but when she raises her phone, you see him in the phone. Uh-huh. I think and that then is, she looks up and she sees him. Then, then she sees him. Yeah. And decides to hoof it. Yeah. And, uh. Well, there was a scene before um, she's talking to her friend on the phone and it kind of glitzes. Yeah. Uh, glitches and uh, she sees like a screaming face. Yes. For That's just when a... I was like, all right, I'm all in on this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of Videodrome. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, that was a, like a weird just couple of frames, just long enough to see it. And it does it like a couple times real quick. Uh, yeah. Uh, is her friend real or imagined? Yeah. That's what this film, because the poster and the title and the general scenario, uh, it's so on the nose from a very smart writer director that I've, I thought there's got to be something else going on here. Yeah. It can't just be saying men are pigs because, you know. That's too easy. Right. <laughs> um, you know, we know that and all all the men in this movie are like that. Um, They're all the same guy. Yeah, there's got to be something else going on. Uh, you know, I'm wondering how much of it is a critique of her as well. Um, you know, what her part in the breakup was or something. But I, I don't know. <clears throat> Um, but I, you know, I just can't, I, I, I couldn't figure out what else this movie was trying to say or whether it was saying anything else. Was it, was it just saying men are pigs? And... Yeah. Um, I heard a review that it, they didn't like it because they felt like it was going on a car ride and he talked about how awful men were for, you know, two and a half hours or something <laughs> and you couldn't get away. Right. Um, <laughs> I didn't feel that way. I mean, I felt that it was very on the nose, but I found that the the visuals and the creepiness and the overall feel of the movie was enough to to uh, carry me forward. And yes. then the batshit crazy ending <laughs> was like, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, how far into the movie were either of you when you started to notice that it was the same actor yeah. playing all the... To all me the... three. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think I saw the priest uh, or preacher, whatever he was. Um, yeah, definitely realized it when it was the priest. But yeah, I can't remember what order it is. But when she, get, she goes into the pub and everyone is... Is the guy. Everyone's mm-hmm. that guy. It was like uh, being John Malkovich. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. When yes, John yes. when John Malkovich goes into his own head, then everybody was Malkovich. Even the sexy woman lying on the piano singing. <laughs> that, that actor is Roy Kinnear. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, Rory. Yeah. Yeah, his his dad was in some Hammer movies and oh, okay, you know, tons of stuff. Interesting. Very uh, well known character actor in British movies. Wow. So he uh, he comes from a family tree where there's some branches. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> uh, he he nailed the characters. I mean, yes. he, he did a good job. Uh, but was it distracting? I only found it distracting with the kid. It was, that was just, that was just uncanny valley, creepy, weird. Yeah. Like it looked like CG because you knew it was his face. Yeah. Like that was kind of like Aphex twin video. Exactly. (laughs) It was like Alfred E. Newman and Aphex twin. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, when you just did a deep fake wrap around on a kid with with Rory Kinnear's face. <laughs> it was strange. Uh, the kid being obsessed with the mask was kind of a nice touch, I thought, because it was a lady mask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of those cheap Collegeville blow mold masks. May West or something. Yeah, it was it was either so it was supposed to be May West or Maryland. I couldn't right. tell. I thought it was Maryland, but okay. just really bad. Yeah. It could be Mae West, though, I now that you say it. Cause could have been Jane Mansfield, for all we know. <laughs> it was all that and more. Yeah. She was all the same. Yeah, so um, Rory Kinnear plays the naked man, the vicar, the pub owner, the police officer, and Samuel, the little, the little guy, the small young man, I don't know, uh, his face, anyway. So, uh, and two pub patrons. Yes. So that's a bunch of characters for it to not be distracting. So that I will say is my criticism of it is that they could have, you could have used him on maybe two dueling or somehow opposed characters, but I don't know. That was just steps too far for me to, because I, 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 you've said it before, Jolie, and you don't want to be reminded that you're watching a movie. Mm hmm. That reminded me I was watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about the time the pub came along, I was thinking, this is clearly a COVID movie that they filmed <laughs> with two people. Yes. Because, and it's brilliant. They, you both, know, they both got tested a bunch. And uh-huh. <laughs> they weren't on the set at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, other than, I guess, the husband. But he was in, what, two scenes? Yeah, they dropped him out window right away. Yeah. He tested positive and out the window he went. (laughs) How much do you think their apartment was there on the, on the river right down from. What what jobs did they have? Yeah. They showed that and I was like, no, no, that's too far for me. I can't believe anybody could afford that rent. Uh, I guess people in the tech industry, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Tech people can make a lot of money. There was no hint at what. Either of them did. Yeah. Houses like that in London are just owned by people who've never been to England. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hong Kong magnets. And, uh, yeah. yeah. People from Dubai, people yeah. from Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. Turned them all into Airbnbs. <laughs> they call that parking your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it doesn't really matter if, if anything comes of it. You know, worry about it later. Um, so we... We don't get too far into the movie before it goes from kind of creepy to just outright threatening and just awful. And then it's almost relief to get the flashbacks. 
you know, when we find out, or, you know, we flash back from uh, fire back into frying pan, I guess. Yeah, when, you mean when he takes a dive off the roof? Yeah, yeah like, well, the, the arguments and then uh, eventually him striking her. Uh, yeah, the, the flashbacks to her, re- her relationship that she was, her marriage that she was uh, in process of ending. Big, loud arguments, and then he just chucked himself off the building. Now, I don't think it's the first, I mean, because we see him falling two or three times before we actually see the aftermath of him hitting the ground. Uh, His arm hung up on this wrought iron fence with the spikes, Mm -hmm. and it tore through his arm. Uh, This shows up later in the movie uh, in a different way. Yeah, stigmata. Yeah, and and I have to wonder... Like, are are we tying him in with these other guys, even though he's not there and he hasn't been there and he's not going to be there? Are we tying him in as well, connecting via the sliced open arm? Yeah, sort of patriarchy in the form of a church. And, yeah. Um, we have all those green man images. Yeah. I was going to ask you if either one of you, I mean, I, I knew you would pick up on the green man, but uh, what what is that? What is that telling us in this context of the story? I kind of took it as, uh, because one side of the pillar is the green man. Mm-hmm. The other side's... Sheila Nagig. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I kind of took it as like uh, men claiming uh, fertility. Yes. And women, uh, actual fertility <laughs> is turned into something obscene yeah as the witch uh-huh yeah exactly and uh i didn't know this but i saw somewhere and post something later uh the evidently dandelions are asexual oh okay so that kind of ties into the men keep <clears throat> remaking themselves oh, okay okay yeah. so i wonder if there's other things in there that are like so obscure unless you're you know a botanist who knows what dandelions do. Folklore and botany, yeah. I, I was 35 before I knew what dandelion meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, or, you know, why do they call it lion, the tooth of the lion? It's because the petals are all jacked. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Um, this, uh, so this, this imagery, uh, we get that from the altar. Um, but then we also get uh, a mention from the vicar ab- about uh, Ulysses. And so we're, we're bringing in a bunch of mythology uh, from different sources here and some different uh, imagery, like you mentioned, the dandelion um, the poofs floating through the air and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, I Plant have to, sperm. Yeah. I have to wonder, does that in itself make it folk horror? Because uh, the vicar says, oh, I'm a swan. And then uh, he mentions the story of Ulysses. Um, does this make it folk horror? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because it just being in the I country. I think adding the green man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was expecting that to go somewhere like way deeper, you know, with the green man. But. Um, well, one of the men is a green man, isn't he? Yeah, he turns into oh, the green man. Yeah, he starts growing sprigs. Yeah, that's true. He starts sticking sprigs into his flesh. Yeah. Mm. He's not even growing them. They're like stuck in his face while he's living underground. Yeah, he, isn't he... He's the god of springtime and new growth. Yeah. What new growth do we get? Repetition of the cycle of abuse. 
Yeah. New growth is just like sustained awfulness. So in that case, what good is the green man? He's just bringing more of the same. See, I think that's, yeah, that's tying into it. It, you know, it's men taking that fertility uh, iconography or whatever you want to call it, mythology and from women and kind of claiming it as their own that they're the reason that there's new growth there's the reason that there's spring kind of taking it away and then completely ignoring women's role in this yeah well it does make a lot of sense i mean i i can't do much more with it than that because it it (laughs) yeah i think if i watched this again and really took notes you could probably there's more stuff. Hiding. There's got to be more stuff to this, I would hope. Yeah. Um, but even though I think with with it as just a sort of surface message and not looking or, you know, assuming it doesn't go any deeper, I still really like this movie. Yes. Yeah. It, it could have, um, you could edit out all that imagery and a, a couple other things and just had you know, a, a threatening, scary situation for Harper and yeah, it's still been but a... adding that stuff in. I think, I think that, you know, at least made it seem like it was more than just a surface message. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Now when, um, uh, when Harper's in the bar to go back to that scene, and she looks around and, you know, everybody just seems to be dismissive of, of her plight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because the, the, the policeman says, yeah, we had to let him go and couldn't keep him, didn't have anything on him. Like nothing she had said was good enough that they, yeah. would, they just kicked him loose after less than 24 hours and uh, gave him clothes from the lost and found, sent him on his way. And uh, she gets upset. She speaks her mind, which I'm really happy she did in this scene. And on her way out the door, calls them wankers, <laughs> which I thought was just a nice punctuation. She just lets them have it and then calls them wankers and heads back to the house. And that's when the real crazy gets going. Uh-huh. So the, the creepy young man is trying to get in, best we could tell. Uh, the naked man's outside again. Mm-hmm. We've got two of them now. And at some point, uh, he's reaching through the mail slot. Yes. She gets him with a knife and he pulls his hand away to where it splits it from in between the radius and the ulna, uh, between the phalanges. Yes. And just bifurcates his hand, his arm. Which still works. Which works like a big lobster pincer. Yeah, it's like the thing or something. (laughs) Right. Uh... You're thinking, oh, she got him good. No, it ugh. doesn't bother him. <laughs> doesn't seem to be much. Yeah. He's not bleeding out. Not really stopped from using it as a hand. Uh, then we discover that the vicar is in there with her. He's got the same injury. Mm. That's the first time we're expressly told, yeah, it's the same guy. They're all the same guy. Uh, how did you take that? Was that disappointing or was that... Was that on the nose? Was it good? What do you think? It worked for me. I mean, Jolene, did it work for you? By that point, I had already decided that they were all you checked out on the reality. Same. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's 
pretty trippy at that point, so I'm willing to go with it. Yeah, it would just seem to be aspects of the same right. being. Yeah. Yeah, I kind just of... Yeah, a I, sort of, uh, you know, personified... Uh, different male toxicities. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, different facets of it. Yeah, I kind of wanted them to be tied together, but not to expressly be the same guy, like the same actual guy. But on the other hand, yeah, that's where the movie's going. We're, we're in it. Well, I think it's important that her husband suffered the same injury. That, yeah. I think it's not necessarily that they are all, you know, uh, real beings that are all the same, like clones or something, that this is kind of her perception perception of so it's her trauma this, yes it's her trauma coming through the door to get her that she has to face i was wondering if if her trauma if her experience put that veneer on everything and that in reality if we were to see it from an omniscient point of view instead of from her point of view uh would it would they not have all looked the same would they not have all had the same injury um that's kind of what I started to wonder Yeah, and pretty far into the movie is like, eh, is this all just, you know, what she sees and feels and experiences, but, uh, it doesn't matter because it keeps going forward. <laughs> uh, let's see the vicars in the house. Uh, well, does, does the owner show up first and say everything's fine? I, you know, Everything bad's going away now. And then he leaves and then the kid comes through the mail slot. I'm trying to remember how that... It's... Yeah, it's... She gets out somehow because that's when the guy emerges from the ground. And... Yeah. She gets outside, yeah. Um, I do I know, can't remember yeah, she, how she gets out. She stabs the vicar in the stomach. Oh, he, that's he, right. He's, he's on her. He's trying to molest her and she just stabs him. And then, and then uh, she runs out, and they show her, like, speeding away. Well, they show her do uh, an action four times. One of the times she falls, one of the times she goes, like, to the right, and I don't remember, there's something else there. And then, like, the last one is she runs outside. When the vicar comes out, he, I think, also tumbles and it's the same sort of thing, but he always goes forward, goes after her. It's like, I don't know if it's uh, showing that she has uh, free will and this thing is always going to go one. It's always going to pick the same, uh, you know, course of action. It, yeah, it's a slave to its uh, worst intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the message with uh at least with that character. Yeah. Um but she does get to the car to escape. And uh her friend is maybe supposedly on the way. We're not sure at this point. Yeah. Because you know, did the messages get through? Uh we we kind of assume she's on the way. And what happens but uh but she accidentally hits Jeffrey with the car, the homeowner guy. And you think, okay, well, that's it. She took one of them out for sure. <laughs> but he's got the same arm injury, gets up. 
uh, he throws her out of the car and speeds off. So now she's uh, running from her own car. Yeah, she, and then he turns around and starts coming towards her. Yeah. Um, Crashes into the fence. Yeah, so she hits this big stone pillar of the fence. Uh, um, her Ford Focus is fucked. Yeah. Uh, then the movie gets really normal. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is when it, it settles down and starts explaining everything. Yes. yes. So then we see the naked man has a big pregnant belly. Uh-huh. Uh, he gives birth to the boy who also has a big belly. I think we see like two, three, four births in a row. Yes. Uh-huh. All from different points of like coming out of his mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what are you thinking at this point? <laughs> at that point, I'm like, wow, I, yeah. I have no idea, but... I thought it was off the rails earlier. This is this is fantastic. Yeah, I, I thought, uh, you know, I can forgive everything else in a, in a horror movie if it delivers something I've never seen before. Yeah, and yeah. You kind of want to freeze frame and see if maybe David Cronenberg's hiding behind a tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because this got pretty Cronenbergian. It did. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if the director is being honest, the writer slash director is being honest, I'm going to say he's going to tell you he watched some Cronenberg movies and took some notes. Because this is some of that. This is some body horror. For sure. Uh, but the message we're getting is that um, that the cycle of awfulness just keeps begetting itself. Yeah. I mean, is there anything else to be gathered from that? It's self-perpetuating. Yeah. And... Uh, it's, it's that Frankenstein thing of men creating life without women. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's horrible. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I think it was showing that that this cycle that keeps happening, that this awfulness that keeps giving birth to more awfulness is independent of anything women may do okay that that is all on us okay um and that's you know also you know the whole point of the movie there which is all summed up at the end when she gets back inside and uh her husband shows up uh yeah that's that's what she needed mm -hmm. and uh She's like, what do you want? And he says, we just want you to love us. Mm. And she goes, well, about that. <laughs> and it ends. Yeah. So, yeah, her friend does show up. Yeah. And and seems to be there to help anchor her to the sane world and maybe extract yeah. her from this. She's pregnant, isn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without any visible man to attribute it to. Yeah. <laughs> Or she's pregnant with a man. Mm. Even worse. Um, but yeah, her friend is there too. We expect get her out of the situation and to safety. Was there any meaning behind the fact that her friend was American? You gotta wonder. Or was it just that actress was available? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I don't know if there could be much to it. Uh, Probably not. Because we we mostly just get her over the phone. 
Yeah. On FaceTime. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, you know what? I knew, I knew, I knew this name. Uh, her best friend is playing an American, but she is actually Scottish. Best known as Sheila the She-Wolf in the TV series Glow. So she plays one of the gorgeous wow. ladies of wrestling. She also portrayed the role of Queen Victoria in The Greatest Showman and Emily Dodson on HBO's Perry Mason. Wow. So. I, God, she didn't even look the same as the Sheila. Sheila the She-Wolf. Character. <laughs> Granted, she has a lot of makeup on for that part. But she seems like she's about maybe 20... 25 at the most is that character you get the feeling that she's pretty young but this she felt you know mid-30s or something it didn't wow yeah yeah this is um this is really not like anything else um any other thoughts about uh the 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 movie as just a, a work of art as a piece of cinema like, where, what does this get put on the shelf next to? His other two films? <laughs> His other two films, yeah. And The Beach. Yeah. It, and well, it's it's just a shelf down from Cronenberg. <laughs> I wonder if it would work as a double bill with Wicker Man, where you have a, a, a man who's, like, representing all the modern Christian values and repressions and encountering this uh, pagan... Uh, society who are uh, who are not shown in a favorable light either yeah um the clash goes on there but when but when they put the cage you mean the pre-make the the one before the official oh, I, Nicholas I, I'm cage sure one. i should have made that clear yeah. oh because i was going to uh, ask the... you what the bees represent yes <laughs> okay because that was the evil of women <laughs> by neil laboot who <laughs> has only good things to say about women because the bees are led by a queen yes, yeah yes. yeah yeah you know but how to get burned how to get burned <laughs> the real question is how to get burned mm-hmm. <sighs> ah, the bees you bitches <laughs> god it's such an awful movie <laughs> i want to watch it right now yes, me too <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> Talk about things men do that are horrible. (laughs) (laughs) They make movies. Yeah, he probably saw that movie and he thought, right, I'm going to get a movie that's going to expose these people, these men. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So the British Independent Film Awards, um, which will be coming up in December of this year, uh, there are five awards pending. um, It's been nominated. I don't know if the awards have been oh, named and they're saying. pending or if they're nominations, but... Uh, if it's pending, yeah, it's probably been awarded, but they're not doing the ceremony till later. Right. That seems to be the case. Best joint lead performance, Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear, mm-hmm. because they do work off of each other a lot yeah, in this. Great. Cinematography, Rob Hardy. Best effects, David Simpson. Best original music, uh, Ben Salisbury and Jeff Barrow. Best sound. There's five of them here. Jeff Barrow is a. Is he well known here? Um, Sounds familiar. From Port's Head. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I know his work, but I don't know him by name. <laughs> but Portis said, yeah, I've got all their stuff. Yeah, he does yeah. lots of production. He's got various groups. He, and Portis said they were always threatening to make a movie, and they never did. They were going to do some cinematic thing. Uh, I like that they were threatening to make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> if you people don't buy our CDs, we're making a movie. Yeah, you better you better buy this. It's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. I think... We're backing a remake of The Wicker Man with there, Nicolas Cage. There was, about, there was about a five-year period where I feel like Portishead's Dummy was the best album of about a five-year period. Yeah, it's not aged at all. It's great. No, yeah, it's you can listen to it now. still fantastic. I've heard it come up and said, yeah, this is every bit as good as when I was living in Seattle. I had hair down to my elbows and, uh, you know, living my best life. You know, I was in my 20s, you know. This feels no different now to me as an old man than back then. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Best Sound, Glenn Fremantle, Ben Barker, Jillian Daughters, Howard Bargoff, and Mitch Lowe. So we got all those people who worked on sound. Um, so awards. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. It's okay. Um, we've said it before on re- recent episodes. A24 is killing it. They are. My God. Like, this is this is the studio. This is who's getting it right. You know, uh Although this make, I think this will make anybody feel kind of icky a lot in places. Oh, people hate this movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. They're, it's hated because it doesn't explain itself and people can't take metaphors anymore. Everything's literal. And they also hate the, you know, they call it woke and everything. Yeah, that too. This movie made me think of being in a lot of Reddit threads. Mm-hmm. You know, just made into a movie. Mm, Reddit the movie. Reddit the movie. <laughs> Roger Reddit. <laughs> so, um, other thoughts or feelings about it before we do the recommends? I think do I'm going to rewatch it. Do we need Men 2, the sequel? Yes. <laughs> we do. Men 2. Uh, men's. Men's. <laughs> <laughs> no all right more men's so Julian recommend yeah yeah any caveats no I I think a lot of it goes over my head which is fine yeah that's probably where you get rewarded by you know subsequent watchings of the movie but when it feels like oh, I'm going back into the icky place then you don't want to but then you kind of want to to see what Maybe some of that stuff that went over your head will hit you in the forehead instead. Yeah. Will? Recommend? Recommend. Strong Mm. recommend. Yeah. I recommend it, and I would give maybe a warning. Like, hey, be ready for some emotional stuff. You're watching a horror movie, genius. Yeah. 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 Hey, stupid. Hey, stupid. (laughs) You want to watch something scary, something weird? It might disturb you. Yeah. It's what I watch them for. Exactly. You know, I always want to go into a horror movie being a little afraid of what I'm going to yeah, see. It's like a peanut packet with making containing peanuts on it. You know? yeah. yeah. Or a live cobra. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that that is what I found is like, I don't know, one of the biggest draws of horror for me is that fear that I'm going to see something so awful. <laughs> yes. I'll be... Oh yeah, I remember offended or terrible. 
you know, the feeling when you start watching a zombie movie. Yeah. Oh, it's terrifying. Uh huh. Well, yeah. You, you know it's coming. Cause yeah. Because you, you're you're going to watch a zombie movie. You know zombies are. Oh yeah. The darkest out. Italian zombie movie. You'd be terrified at the start of it because you know they would do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no holds barred. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. We all recommend it, but yeah, I would I would say be a little more ready for this one, but. Uh, then again, maybe it's more fun if you just don't tell people stuff. You just let them watch. Get really high, <laughs> stay up till about 3 a.m., and then watch it. Nice pint of scrumpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this this one is um, one more in the A24. Uh, let's see. What, what else? Let's see. They're releasing... Uh, Danzig's latest movie, I understand. <laughs> mm, sorry, it's Glanzig's movie. Glanzig's <laughs> movie. That's but, under the Z24 <clears throat> label. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what's coming Z42. up. Z42. <laughs> to be announced. Well, some of this stuff you can't tell oh. anything. Oh, this is something I did a screen. I did a screenshot on my phone to remind myself and then didn't remind myself, but I just saw this. A24 is working on Crystal Lake, the TV series. Yes. Yes. So let's see where that goes. So they must be doing the uh, Eggers Nosferatu, right? I uh, hope so. Let me see if they have any any mention of it in the to be announced here. Uh, Crystal Lake's going to be on something I don't <clears throat> get again. Damn. It'll be on Peacock or something. Yeah, there's like tons of stuff on Peacock now. I'm like, I don't have Peacock. Mm. Uh, I don't want another service. No. No, I too, don't even watch all the ones I have now. Too many platforms, man. Uh, where is it going to be released? I'm, I've got the page up now, but I'm. I don't. It's just going to be Pamela Voorhees in high school. Oh, you no can, horror. You yeah. only, Last episode, she goes to Crystal Lake Camp. Crystal Lake. To know the backstory. Yeah, and it is boring. <laughs> okay, let's Mundane. see. Mundane. <laughs> what was Jason doing all those years? Yeah, no, between her thinking that he was dead and not being dead. <laughs> yeah, what was he doing? Yeah, eating a lot of nuts and berries, apparently. Which, was, for some reason, made him big and giant. Uh, I, I'm he was not... eating squirrels. Yeah, that would help. Um, yeah, Unless and... squirrels are like rabbits and you can't live off them. On a cursory search, I could not find anything saying where it was going to be but uh if it's something you don't get maybe we'll work out some way to scam a password for you or something uh anything else before we call it a show i don't think so okay listeners thank you for listening stay off the moors